the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed, and a good morning to you. Thank you for waking up and joining us at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. Not that you just woke up. I'm not calling you lazy. You've probably been up listening to Hugh Hewitt. But whatever, whenever you get up, thanks for being with us this morning as we get started on this Thursday, the twelfth morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thanks to those who have uh, uh, sent me messages and expressed uh, appreciation for yesterday's broadcast. It was a very important one to me, as it is each and every year at that time, as you could tell. Uh, on the anniversary of 9-11, and uh, I really think that um, this is what it takes to make sure that we do indeed never forget. So thanks for that. Uh, this morning we're back to the news of the day, and uh, coming up in about a half an hour, Dave Ray is going to join us for some of this news of the day. Dave is with um, the wonderful folks at FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, that I will be with in about two weeks. Uh, on the 24th, I will head down to D.C., and we will broadcast our program live on the 25th and 26th from Hold Their Feet to the Fire, which is an annual Radio Row event with some of the top uh, radio hosts from around the country with concerns about illegal immigration and the policies of this country moving forward, as well as the problems uh, uh, in the, uh, in the communities, uh, sac- uh, um, uh, sanctuary cities, I almost called them sacrificial cities for some reason. Hello, brain cramp there. Uh, but sanctuary cities, uh, illegal immigrant crime, asylum, and all kinds of other problems. So FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, will be host of that. Why are we talking to Dave Ray today? Because the Supreme Court has spoken in favor of the Trump administration. 
The high court given a green light to enforce restrictions on asylum seekers trying to enter the U.S. by traveling through a third country, such as Mexico, without seeking protection there. The president claiming victory, tweeting big United States Supreme Court win for the border on asylum. The ruling follows a U.S. district judge's blocking the administration's ban earlier this summer. That was followed by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals narrowing an injunction to Arizona and California, meaning the ban could be instated in Texas and New Mexico. Well, now this Supreme Court ruling says it can move forward in all states. Two of the nine justices, Sonia Sotomayor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, dissented. But that is huge. That is a huge victory. They are right, the Trump administration, the president himself, are absolutely right to to trumpet this, pardon that, uh, as a victory. Because it's a victory not just for the Trump administration, it's a victory for the rule of law. And it's a victory for American sovereignty. Look, We are being overrun at the border by these phony asylum seekers. I will always refer to them as phony asylum seekers because all kinds of evidence points to the fact that over 90% of them, particularly those joining these caravans, are phony, meaning they know they don't have legitimate claims of persecution in their own home countries. They don't. They're not being politically persecuted. They're not being religiously persecuted. Uh, they're not being targeted. They just are seeking economic opportunity and all of the benefits that come from being in the United States of America, particularly as um, an immigrant, a, 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 an illegal immigrant, because they're watching. The world is watching, for goodness sakes. This is why we have the crisis we do. The world is watching what we are doing, and we are welcoming asylum seekers in, and all they have to do is say, I'm being persecuted in my own home country, I want an asylum hearing, and then they get turned loose into the interior of the United States. They can only be held for 20 days. We all know the drill by now. There have been bills that Republicans have proposed to expand and extend that, and they've, they're fought every step of the way by Democrats in the House and in the Senate. We all know the drill, and the rest of the world is watching it. Get there. Tell them you want asylum. They'll turn you loose. Then when you're supposed to come back in six months or two years for your asylum hearing, you're gone. Get yourself a phony identification, maybe... Um, do a little identity theft and take somebody else's, but you are gone. You're hiding, and you don't have to worry about it. And find yourself, find your way to a sanctuary city or state, by the way, and then you definitely don't have to worry about it because if you even get picked up for breaking the law, they won't and can't cooperate with federal authorities by asking you for your a proof of your legal status. That's the drill. It's been the drill. So this is a huge win for the Trump administration because it brings common sense into the equation. And this is something no Democrat has ever been able to debate. No Democrat has ever offered any kind of, uh, of, of a rebuttal to this point. That if I live in country A and I am claiming persecution, I am being persecuted for my political beliefs or for my religious beliefs. One of the it's a very very narrow um, uh, description, if you will, of what persecution qualifies you for asylum in the United States. You have to meet certain standards, but uh, among those are religious and political persecution from the government. Right? If you are claiming that I have to get out of this country, I'm in fear for my life, or I'm in fear for my freedom from a tyrannical, ruthless government that is persecuting me and my family, I've got to get out. And so you run. 
from country A. And in running from country A and crossing the border away from country A, you find yourself in country B. You now are no longer in fear from persecution or of persecution from country A. You're in country B. You should, now that you have found a place that is not persecuting you, be forced to request asylum from returning to your home country from country B, where you now sit. But instead, as we all know, country B, a.k.a. Mexico, is used as a bridge, a land bridge, a conduit, whatever you want to call it, to get to country C, the United States. And so when they cross from Mexico into the United States, from country B into country C, and claim, asylum, I'm seeking asylum, you are? Why? Were the Mexican government officials persecuting you? Well, no, I was being persecuted in my home country. Oh, you mean the one you already got away from? The one you already escaped to get into Mexico? Well, was Mexico persecuting you? No. Then stay the heck there. Why are you here right now? You are not fleeing a nation that is persecuting you because that nation was welcoming you. Talking about Mexico, which did indeed reach an agreement with President Trump and his negotiators to uh, allow asylum seekers to stay in Mexico either for a period of years or an indefinite period. Um, and, and that's what this is all about. They're skipping country B so they can get right to the gold standard, the gold standard of free stuff for illegal immigrants, and that is the United States. Maybe the standard of living won't be quite as awesome in Mexico as it will be in the United States, but that's not what this is about. You didn't claim it was about a standard of living, because if you did, then you know your asylum claim would be bogus. You claimed you're running and in f- fleeing in, pers- in fear of your life, for a fear of persecution for, for one of these uh, you know very narrow descriptors. This is what you said drove you away from your country. Well, if you got away from that country and are now in another country that is not persecuting you, that's where you stay. You don't get to keep going to country C and say, hey, it's better up here. The standard of living is better up here. No, you can't flee for standard of living. You can flee for persecution, and over 90% of them know that it's bogus. So that's where we sit right now. This is a huge win for the president, and, and like I said, It's not about wins for the president at this point in time, is it? It's about wins for the American people. Dave Ray of the Federation for American Immigration Reform will join us here in about 20 minutes to discuss this, as well as Tom Holman yesterday on 9-11. Tom Holman, the former director of ICE, one of the uh, a 30-plus year professional in uh, border enforcement, and former acting director of ICE, was on the stand, if you will, giving testimony before the House Oversight Civil Rights and Civil Liberties Subcommittee, chaired by, of all people, Alexandria Damasio Cortez. That's right. Who attacked Tom Holman along with Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And I pronounce Wasserman Wasserman to emphasize the ASS in the middle of it. We'll talk about that as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. (laughs) 
Now, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, 216-901-0945. It's going to be tight to try to get phone calls in today. We have three guests who are going to be joining us. Coming up in just a few, Dave Ray, as mentioned, from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Also going to talk at 10.05 with our regular Thursday guest, Dr. Everett Piper. And then at uh, 10.35, Richard Thompson is going to be here. He is the president of the Thomas More Law Center and uh, chief legal counsel there as well. And we are going to talk, especially, this is could not be more timely, uh, one day after the 18th anniversary of 9-11 and the Islamic terror attacks on this country. Uh, the Thomas More Law Center has uncovered taxpayer-funded Islamic propaganda being forced on teachers who are taking these messages to your children. And particularly in this case, it is in Michigan uh, where this is this is happening. But um, we will talk about the impact of that and the spread of that into other states, potentially, of course, including uh, the state of Ohio. And it doesn't matter where in this country if it's happening. I don't care if it's happening in uh, in Alaska. Uh, if it's happening, it's a threat. <clears throat> it is a very serious threat. And 18 years after 9-11, it seems as though so many people are wanting to just whitewash the Islamic portion of Islamic terror from uh, our history. And our history, my friends, I'm sad to say, is still our present. But I'll come to that later. I want to go back to the Supreme Court's decision to allow uh, the president's um, the president's uh, new policy of uh, telling asylum seekers who are coming in from Mexico, if they have not yet requested asylum from Mexico, we will not recognize them here, and they will be sent back. That is what the, the president wants to do. He has been told now, even after an injunction by Activist judges, left-leaning uh, judges in lower courts have said, no, you can't do that. Uh, the Supreme Court said, yes, he can, and that is what they're doing. So it brings us back to the issue of immigration. And before Dave Ray comes on, I want you to listen to part of the exchange here between former ICE Director Tom Holman and Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Uh, it was a heated exchange, to say the very least, about DACA. Now, Debbie Wasserman Schultz has a history of defending illegal immigration. In fact, she has called illegals the backbone of our economy. Yeah, you, you, you knew that, right? She literally said illegal aliens are the backbone of our economy. This was from 2014. Give this a listen as a background. This isn't about politics at all. It's not about politics for the president, nor is it about politics for any of us who care about making sure that young people uh, or, or people in general who have come to this country simply to make a way, better way of life for themselves and are of no threat to our to our country and actually Mm -hmm. essentially have become a part of the backbone of our economy that we create a pathway to legal status for them for illegal aliens who are in this country are the backbone of our economy and we need a pathway to citizenship for them this is the woman that we're you know that we're talking about here who is questioning tom holman and who decided i don't want to question tom holman anymore tom holman makes too much sense and knows too much about this so i'm going to attack him i'm going to smear him i'm going to slander him as a bigot i'm just going to call him a jingoistic bigot and then i'm going to move on 
except that Tom Holman was not having it. Um, before I uh, ask my questions, um, since it has not yet been done, I, I think it's important to really make sure that the jingoistic, bigoted testimony of Mr. Homan is called out as nearly completely untrue, as being an outrage, and as a former official directing the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, he should know better. Uh, so, Mr. making Chairman, sure that I am... Mr. Chairman. No, no this is my five minutes. What did I say was inaccurate? I, I, excuse uh, me. Okay, I'm not it's, asking the question. Okay, the, the general lady is recognized for five minutes. She's made her point, and I will try to resolve any other issues at the end of her questioning. Okay. Thank you. So, I just think it's important that it's not accepted as accurate testimony. Okay. Mr. Holman. I, is, before Jim Jordan steps in here, and then Tom Holman steps in to defend himself, I want you to understand the appalling nature of what you just heard. This woman, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, at this House Oversight Subcommittee hearing yesterday, just decided that everything Tom Homan had previously testified to was, quote, inaccurate, and it should be accepted as such because it's jingoistic and bigoted. She offers no point-by-point rebuttal of what he said that was inaccurate, despite his challenge to her in that clip you just heard, saying, what did I say was inaccurate? Nope, nope, nope. This is my five minutes. I get to just call you a liar as long as I want. You say nothing, sir. Wait a minute. Uh, the, the, the nature of these beasts known as demon rats in the House, and I'm sorry, House Democrats are, are, are removing themselves from civility and from debate on a daily basis. Their conduct is less human than it is beastly. It is absolutely reprehensible that she gets to sit there and attack this man as a bigot without allowing him to defend himself and, moreover, without giving any proof or evidence or suggestion even as to what he said that was inaccurate. Absolutely unconscionable. Demon rats want nothing to do with legitimate debate because they'll lose. So they take their time, call names, and slander, and then then gavel you quiet uh, if you wish to defend yourself. It is unconscionable. Congressman Jim Jordan jumped in. Okay. Mr. Holman, is there a crisis on the border? Of course. And has there been a crisis there for a long time? Yes. I just want to get, because your, your testimony was at the broader issue, and I, I'm, we, we, this is critically important, but we also have a broader issue there. We've got unbelievable numbers we've seen on the border with apprehensions and everything else, right? Absolutely. If I can respond to the earlier remark from uh, Washington Schultz, I forgot more about this issue than you ever know. So if you say my testimony is inaccurate, it's wrong. Everything I said here is accurate. Bottom line, if you want to go toe-to-toe, I'm here. I'm here in my own time. To speak to the American people about what's false I'm sure and what's happy fact. to go toe to toe with you, Mr. Homan. Well, I'm, happy I'm to do here. That any day. But you got to let me. Re- any day, you cowardly congresswoman. Any day, today. He's here. You called him a jingoistic bigot and said everything he said was inaccurate. Tell him what was inaccurate. Go toe to toe right now. She wants nothing to do with legitimate debate because, like all demon rats, she'll lose. Respond to your question rather than dropping a bomb and running away. 
It was my time. So there's a crisis on the board. Yeah, it was your time, and you wanted nothing to do with letting him answer questions on your time. You wanted to lecture him because illegal aliens are the backbone of our economy. Right, Wasserman? And I want everyone to pronounce her name properly from now on. It is Wasserman with the emphasis on the ASS. We'll be back after this. All right, 934, the Bob France Authority continues, the immigrant song, perfect here. But before I get to Dave Ray and we talk about what the Supreme Court did yesterday, uh, a little reminder, we got high school football on the air tomorrow night right here, 7 o'clock, game of the week on AM 1420, the answer, WHK. It is Bay High School hosting uh, a school that I'm a little moderately familiar with. Uh, it is Illyria Catholic High School, the one and one Rockets hosting the 2-0 and Illyria Catholic Panthers, which, yeah, just happens to be my alma mater and also happens to be the team on which my son, Jarrett, will be playing tomorrow night. So, yes, hopefully he'll be, his name will be called a few times in the end zone tomorrow. Uh, broadcast time, 7 o'clock, EC 2-0, and Bay 1-1. and They shared their Great Lakes Conference championship last year despite Illyria Catholic beating Bay and snapping their 23-game regular season winning streak. Not too proud, am I? Uh, but uh, Bay will be looking for revenge. EC looking to make it two in a row against their conference rivals tomorrow, two, two, uh, 7 p.m., right here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, before I bring Dave in, I want to remind you of exactly <clears throat> what happened. Uh, the uh, ruling by the Supreme Court yesterday essentially allows the Trump administration's policy of telling asylum seekers that you can't stay if you did not request asylum in the first nation that you entered. These asylum rules require migrants to seek refuge as they travel through a third country, such as Mexico. Justices Sonia Sotomayor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg dissented, writing, Once again, our executive branch has issued a rule that seeks to upend long-standing practices regarding refugees who seek shelter from persecution. The Justice Department praised the decision, saying it would bring order to a crisis at the southern border, close loopholes in our immigration system, and discourage frivolous claims. They're all frivolous, quite frankly. They're all, fr- well, over 90% of the uh, asylum claimants are bogus. They are not seeking uh, um, uh, asylum from persecution in their own home countries. If they were, they would stop in the first place that provided them safe haven. Joining us to analyze it now is Dave Ray, Federation for American Immigration Reform. Dave, good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, my friend. How you doing? I'm good. It's uh, good news yesterday from the Supreme Court as they overruled the activist uh, lower court judge that enjoined nationally uh, the right. uh, president's policy that was going to require asylum seeker- seekers to f- to seek it first in the first country that they uh, they go into when they leave their own country. So it's a good day. It's a good day. This was an enormous win, albeit only temporarily for now, uh, for the Trump administration, the rule of law, common sense the integrity of the asylum system, and the safety of the American people. I mean, as you said, the vast majority of these folks are not fleeing persecution of any kind in their country. They're simply economic migrants. I mean, if your claim is you're from coming from El Salvador or Guatemala or Panama or any of these countries, uh, you know, if your claim is that I am fleeing for my life because my government is persecuting me, then the first safe country you step in outside of your own country is where you should ask for asylum because your government doesn't control uh, that country as well. And so what we have is in in the case of many of these Central Americans, they're spending two months 
traveling through Mexico to make their way to the United States, not asking for asylum in Mexico, although they're saying they were persecuted in El Salvador or Guatemala or what have you. And then once they step in the United States, they ask for asylum. I mean, this is consistent with practices, policies that we have with Canada. If you're fleeing Bangladesh because you say you're uh, being persecuted and you fly into Canada... You can't hop over the border into the United States and then ask for asylum. You have to ask for asylum in Canada. Why? Because that's the first safe country you landed in. So this simply, what it will do is greatly reduce the amount of fraud, which has been 90% of these cases. And, you know, it's all, uh, what, so it, it enhances the safety for the American public because we really didn't know who many of these folks are when they were being released into the United States. Most of them never show up for their hearing. 30% of them don't even bother to file paperwork for their asylum. That's how unserious they are about their claims. And in the long run, you know, you have to, it's also a big win for people who are really, truly fleeing persecution at the hands of their government, because there were so many fraudulent claims in our asylum system that, you know, the needle in the haystack, the, 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 the real true claims of people who really could be uh, are being persecuted by their government, is taking years for these folks to have their cases heard. That is exactly right, uh, Dave Ray. And, you know, Dave, the, the comparison that I like to make here is if you're being threatened, uh, you know, with a physical assault or a murder or something like that in your home, and mm-hmm. you run to your neighbor's home and you and tell your neighbor, "Oh my God, my my husband's going to kill me," or something something terrible is going to happen. I got I got intruder. Maybe it's not even domestic. Maybe it's intruders. Whatever it is, and they say, "Oh my God, stay here, stay here. We'll protect you." And then you see, well, no, because one more one more door down is a three hundred fifty thousand dollar mansion. I think I'd rather stay there. Right. Um, exactly. You don't get to just go into that mansion because it's nicer, and that's what they right. want. They they could they can get safe haven from the persecution in their own home country by going into Mexico. But the standard of living in Mexico isn't quite as high as it is in the gold standard of the United States. They're going to give right. us a lot more free stuff. <clears throat> as asylum seekers in the United States, we're going to skip over the first place that offers, offers us that protection. And that lets us know that their claims are bogus. Anybody right. who wants to come to the U.S. from one of those triangle Central American countries that wants to come to the U.S. is clearly not seeking asylum. They're seeking economic opportunity. Because if it right. was asylum, they would, they, they would stay in the first place that, uh, that they found. Absolutely. You know, there's a term for what you described Bob, it's called asylum shopping. And, you know, asylum is not like, uh, you know, looking for the the best bargain in town. You have to seek protection in the first safe place where you land. Now, you know, most of these folks, and they admit this on their interviews on the way up because the media follows a lot of these caravans and so on, they openly claimed, uh, would claim that they're coming for economic reasons. That's absolutely fine. Uh, if you want to come to the United States for economic reasons, get in line, apply, apply right. for a legal visa to come here, get vetted in your home country, wait your turn. We admit more than any other co- more immigrants than any other country on the face of the earth. We take in 1.1 million legal immigrants a year. Many of these Central Americans have family members in the United States already, making it even easier and more probable that they will get a visa. This is simply folks who don't want to have to wait. It's immigration on demand. It's almost like, you know, I want it and I want it now. 
and if it takes twisting and contorting your rules to get it, then I'm up for it. And while I'm here, I wouldn't mind a free education for my kids, free health care for me, and, uh, you know, by the way, I'm never going to show up for my asylum hearing, so the joke's on you. Well, this joke is about to be ended. I mean, this, this case will now eventually go to trial, and it will be tried on, on its merits. So this isn't a final decision, but the, the trial could be, uh, the court case could actually be, you know, a year or two down the road. In the interim, and I'm very confident the, the administration will win on this one, but in the interim, uh, people will not be able to asylum shop. What this is going to do is, is greatly reduce the amount of fraud in the system, it, by, therefore protecting the lives of legitimate asylees, but perhaps most importantly, protecting the lives of, of American citizens. Bob, I've been there on the border in San Diego or El Paso or McAllen talking to these Border Patrol officers. Every one of them will tell you one of the first things these folks do on their way to the United States is to destroy their travel documents en route. Why are they doing that? They don't want us to know who they are. Why, do you want, why would you not want us to know who you are? Because you have something to hide? And so it, it's all a big game. And then they know if they, if they arrive here uh, without an ID and a child in tow, we can't hold them by, by U.S. law for more than 20 days. Of course, the Trump administration has addressed that rule as well, the Flores rule, and that is now being rescinded and, and, re, and changed. But, I mean, you see how the, the game was played. Uh, and so this is going to put some legitimacy back into the system. Uh, the, the degree of, of fraud that this thing caused was unbelievable. There was a statistic that was uh, used that in March of this year, uh, there were 327,000 asylum claims pending. By comparison, in 2009, there were 35,000. I mean, that's a tenfold increase. Guess why there's a tenfold increase? Because people know it's the easy way to get in. It's like the asylum has become the new easy pass. And once you have it in hand, you can travel anywhere you want because you're not... So I mean, th this is this is great news for those people who are looking to scam the American public to get in through the uh, using a, a loopholes in the asylum system and then simply disappear into the country until they're arrested, you know, breaking a law or or you know working illegally or or, or carrying illegal documents or what have you later on down the road. Dave Ray from the Federation for American Immigration Reform joining us with reaction to the Supreme Court's decision yesterday. Uh, Dave, uh, any update on numbers? We are hearing uh, that, that apprehensions are down, were way down in the month of August. The president was giving a lot of credit to Mexico for their enforcement efforts on their side of the border. Um, okay, I guess that's that's a nice thing to say, maybe to kind of keep up relations. But I, I have to think that, uh, you know, the, the vast majority of the praise should go to our border enforcement agents and those who are doing everything they can to try to limit this, uh, you know, the damage being done down there in this crisis slash emergency emergency at the southern border. Right. Well, you know, the Border Patrol was fully staffed and doing everything that it could in May. Bob, when we had 144,000 apprehensions at the southwestern border. Since then, uh, these, the August apprehensions fell to about 50,000. So there's been a number of things that have happened. Uh, none of them have been because of our Congress, though. So if you want to, you know, the only people who Amen. haven't acted, acted on this is the American Congress. Mexico has put 
up, upwards to 20 to 30,000 troops on its southern border with Guatemala has, uh, there is a general belief that they have, have been very effective in, you know, kind of staunching a lot of the flow coming out of Central America. There have also been, um, you know, some very innovative uh, programs by the Trump administration. One of them is called the Migrant Protection Protocol. And what that was, uh, that's a program that we have in conjunction with Mexico. Once again, something that the administration did without a scintilla of assistance from our very own Congress, whereby if you come into the United States and ask for asylum, you we return you to Mexico where you await your asylum hearing in the United States. That guarantees the American public that you're not being set free and that you never show up. And once your asylum hearing comes up a couple uh, months down the road, you come and get your hearing, and then you're either admitted to the U.S. or you're sent home. There's 35 to 40,000 people who are involved in this migrant protection protocol right now. There's also been more of the president's wall built, which makes it more difficult to get into the United States. But, uh, and, and the Border Patrol has been fully staffed, all hands on deck. Uh, so it is a, a combination of some rule changes. And, you know, now that uh, when, when rules change in the United States and loopholes close, that news travels like wildfire to Central America because let me tell you, these folks are listening to what's going on in this country and they are responding. And I would say, watching these trends, that should this continue, uh, that I think that we're pretty confident that a combination of what our neighbors to the south, Mexicans, have done to help regain control of their southern border, the migrant uh, protection protocol program, uh, and some of these changes in rules that the Trump administration has made about this most recent asylum rule and then the change to the Flores rule, which said if you arrive with a child, that child is no longer a get-out-of-jail-free card. You can be held in a, in, a, in a humane, safe detention facility with your child until you have your immigrant for, for up to 60 days, until you have your hearing, and then you'll either be released or sent home. All of these things have, have a cumulative effect of depressing the numbers. Now, that's all really good news, but let me just caution you by saying, you know, in August we had, I think it was 51,000 apprehensions along the southwestern border. That is still astronomically high. Uh, they should be down in the 30s and 20s to be more uh, yeah. kind of in step. So, I mean, we're heading in the right direction, and we are cautiously optimistic about what's going on at FAIR. Certainly, this drop in apprehensions is more than what you would expect because, you know, apprehensions usually go down by 10 to 15 percent during the, during the hot summer months, usually right. from July to August. This is way more than 10 to 15 that is, percent. So that this, is important to note, too. Dave, I want to ask yeah. you one more question before you go. We're a little short here, but I just want to get your response to this. This is what we're battling. This is what you're battling at FAIR. It's what Tom Holman is battling as he testifies before this House subcommittee. It's what everybody who wants enforcement of our borders, security of our people, uh, an end to the drug running that crosses our border and the human trafficking and everything else. We face this from the likes of Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Mr. Chairman, um, before I uh, ask my questions, um, since it has not yet been done, I, I think it's important to really make sure that the jingoistic, bigoted testimony of Mr. Homan is called out. 
Sorry, having a glitch there. Um, uh, but what she said was she called Tom Holman's um, remarks before this subcommittee jingoistic and bigoted. You're jingoistic right. and you're bigoted if you tell the truth about what's going on at our border. Now, he tried to intervene and say, what did I say was inaccurate? Because she called right. it, not only she called it jingoistic and bigoted, she said it's, it should all be accepted as being inaccurate. She won't answer a single question about that. This is my nope. time. I get to call you names and slander you as being a bigot, uh, and, and I don't have to, uh, I don't have to prove any of my allegations against you. This is what we are all fighting back against every time right. we try to say we need to secure our border, Dave, and it's, it's getting tiresome isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely tiresome. You know, Bob, the one lesson that I've learned is that the open borders advocates have realized they can no longer debate us on the merits because we've won. We've won all the arguments. Americans know that it costs innocent lives. Illegal immigration costs innocent lives. They know that that it costs billions of dollars, $116 billion. You know, they know that it's common sense that we should have control of our borders. So instead of of, it, of trying to debate us on the merits of this issue, they just resort to character assassination. The first thing they do is, is try to assassinate your character. And then the second thing that they do is that saying, even allowing this person here to make these statements is making people feel less safe, and it's what? violating our safe space. And so, you know, once, once you have completely uh, alienated your the person you're up against and silenced them, then it doesn't matter that they're speaking the truth anymore because they're not allowed to talk. And that's what they try to do to us here at FAIR every day. Thankfully, we have the most important thing on our side. That's public opinion. We're doing this on behalf of the American public. And the truth will set you free, and they cannot tamp down the truth, even when they say... You know, it's violating my safe space as a way to, of avoiding the argument. David Ray, Federation for American Immigration Reform. Great stuff, Dave. We're a couple of weeks away from holding their feet to the fire 2019. I will see you in D.C. I'm looking very much forward to talking to you, the other great folks at FAIR, and the other legislators and the just cavalcade of guests that are going to be joining us to talk about the importance of retaining our sovereignty and protecting our citizenry. And I look forward to seeing you there, Dave. You too, buddy. Have a great day. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you coming on. It's 9.52. We're back after this short time out on AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Seven out of Operation Authority. We are packed today, as I said, not a ton of time for calls. we got guests coming up the next two segments as well. But James found his way in here with two minutes before the top of the hour. So let's take James in Lorraine County. Hi, James. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, hi, Bob. I just wanted to make a comment about the uh, C-SPAN uh, interview yesterday with the, the person you were talking about. Uh, Ms. Talib also had a uh, few comments for... Yes, for that person, and, and uh, according to the uh, committee procedures, she was able to make similar, you know, disparities to him, and then use the procedures to cut him off and not let him respond. But exactly, uh, yeah, 
That's, uh, I don't. I, unfortunately, I don't have the audio of her. That's the reason I've only played Wasserman Schultz so far. I do have the transcript. Well, you need to see that one because because she was she was uh, just as bad or maybe worse. Yeah, she was. Well, she, she, here, here's, here's what she said. Don't, don't hang up here, James. I'll give you the final thought on this, but I want people to know what she said. She said, and I quote, thank you, Mr. Holman, as a fellow American, I just want you to know your contribution as acting director of ICE under this administration will always be remembered as one that was very ruthless and inhumane treatment of asylum right. seekers as the author right. of the separation policy and now of this sick Preventing people, sick children from before this exactly. committee, seeking life-saving medical treatment, and will continue always. It. And she, he yeah. was totally unable to respond to it. And so the next segment, and during you know, before the close, and the chairperson did not, uh, you know, didn't help him any either. Well, of course not, because the chair is a Democrat, uh, and this is what they want. They want to demonize anybody and everybody in the Trump administration, uh, especially anybody that is actually interested in enforcing American law. These are open borders advocates hell-bent on destroying this country as you know it. You think Rashida Tlaib is in, in our Congress to assist this country? She is in this Congress as a Palestinian who has no interest whatsoever in American interests. Absolutely. And, and for your listeners out there that... Uh they can't get the TV and are, and are at work or something. They can get C-SPAN 2 and 3 on their radios, and it's an ass. So, um, well, I, I, James, I appreciate that, my friend. Thank you so much. It is 10 o'clock. We're going to use this as our top-of-the-hour news break on the other side of that. Uh, Dr. Everett Piper will join us. Coming up at 1035, the uh, president of the Thomas More Law Center, Richard Thompson, is going to be joining us about indoctrination of Islamic uh, principles in uh, American schools, particularly in the state of Michigan right now, uh, and it's being forced upon the teachers and thus forced upon the students. And this comes just one day after the 18th anniversary of 9-11, a time in which we are supposed to have forgotten the Islamic portion of Islamic terrorism. We will remind people with Richard Thompson at 1035. Stay Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.